0: I think it's important to continue to grow and you know I think that's one of the things that attracted me to true wealth and really something that I was looking for was having the ability to have, you know, maybe some more complex, you know, not necessarily complex conversations, but understanding of you know where I can help families accomplish their goals.
1: Welcome to Retire Smarter with Kevin Krosky. Find answers to your toughest questions and get educated about the financial world. It's time to retire smarter. It's another edition of the Retire Smarter Podcast. Welcome. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Kevin Krosky, President and Wealth Advisor at True Wealth Design, serving you in Northeast Ohio, the greater Pittsburgh area, and Southwest Florida. You can find us online at truewealthdesign.com. Kevin, great to be with you once again this week. How are you, sir?
2: Walter, it's always my pleasure to be with you. Uh, I am doing fantastic. I, uh, definitely uh, feeling good Uh, a couple episodes ago I was sick and kind of coming out of it and then you know last couple times we recorded um, I I was I was happy the way it turned out but I had this weird alert that kept going off through the recordings uh, (laughs) called an egghead alert that you created apparently so um, (laughs) so I am intentionally going to dumb it down and just kind of talk uh, you know a little bit higher level tell some stories and maybe even be a little bit more relatable uh, this nice. time. So, so I actually brought some help. So uh, <laughs> I invited Tyler Emmerich from our office to to join us and make sure that that alert didn't go off.
1: That's right. Tyler's going to keep us in check today. Tyler, thanks for uh, joining us on the podcast today. Looking forward to talking with you.
0: Yes, absolutely. Happy to be here.
1: So Kevin, tell us a little bit about Tyler and uh, part of the you know Retire Smarter team now here on the podcast, but a longtime member of True Wealth Design. Um what does uh, Tyler bring to the table I'm sure folks who uh, have you know worked with the team probably already know Tyler well but for those who maybe haven't worked directly with you before give us a little uh, background
2: sure uh, I'll do that and and part of the what we're going to talk about today is gonna to, you know I'll call it kind of inside baseball if you will to to being a financial planner and talk about some of the uh, the training or lack thereof that Tyler and I got earlier in our career and and really kind of pull the pull the curtains back and, and just help people understand, you know, what financial planning is and maybe how to better select a financial planner. And, uh, we'll actually do this in a a kind of a two part series. We'll go over some interview questions in the next podcast that you should ask a financial planner. Um, but for Tyler specifically, he's been with us almost three years now. Um, you know, Tyler is, uh, incredibly smart, um, very motivated, hardworking and caring. And, um, I mean, he's just he's just a fantastic teammate. He's also for how smart he is. I think he's kind of went through this. We and we all have. We've all gone through this kind of evolution and learning in our career. And uh, sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Um, you know, having mentorship, all these things are really important. I think for most people, that's a little bit about Tyler. But uh, we're going to get to know him a lot more as we kind of go through uh, the story and pull back the curtains
0: today. So Kevin's right, I um, have definitely gone through quite a bit of changes in my career. Um, I'm for those of you that are listening in the Ohio area, um, I grew up about forty miles south of uh, Columbus, Ohio, uh, two traffic light town. Um, I think the running joke in the office or at least Kevin likes to give me a bit of a hard time uh, about is I, I grew up uh, with quite a bit of farm animals I um, showed a hog and a goat at the county fair <laughs> uh, so. I figured I'd go ahead and get that one out of the way now. It probably would come up at some point. Yes, here that was on my list. <laughs> <laughs> um, but stayed in Ohio for my undergrad, uh, went to Miami University, which is right outside of Cincinnati, Ohio, studied finance and decision sciences. And my wife would be quick to point out that, uh, no, I do not make decisions better than anybody else, just a, a fancy term for statistics. And, um, you know. Once I graduated, stayed in the Cincinnati area for about ten years, uh, working in the finance industry. Worked at a couple different uh, positions in a couple different firms, and eventually uh, took a promotion up to the up to the Cleveland area, and um, you know found my way over to True Wealth because a lot of the uh, principles that Kevin had built the firm on and uh, what we pride ourselves on from a financial planning standpoint really resonated with me, and it was something I think I wanted to to focus on uh, with my career going forward. So it's been a been a really good fit uh, here over the last few years
2: and Tyler would uh, you have a a child and um, another one on the way here really soon as well
0: yes I'm soon to be outnumbered Um, two little girls uh, (laughs) we've got a 20 month old and then uh, another one here on the way Uh, fingers crossed we'll see Uh, due date for the second one is just three days uh, from the first so we might have uh, same birthday here uh, for the two little ones we'll see what happens I like that efficiency. That'd be great. <laughs> That's right. Not planned, not planned. <laughs>
2: so w- one of the things I was thinking about when uh, we are just working through kind of what we we're going to talk about on the podcast, um, it was about a decade ago, uh, 2012, that I wrote an article and it was, I titled it, Real Financial Planning is Told by the Gold Banded Job Fish. And I know it's just a You know a page turner right Um, but but I saw a story I think it was like national news or something um, that fish mislabeling in the US was rampant basically they said about 40 to 60% of fish being sold in the US was mislabeled so people thought that they were buying red snapper but they were getting tilefish porgy or The delicious sounding gold banded job fish and i'm not sure what any of those are but um it was mislabeling deceptive marketing at best um but also it you know exposed uh some serious health risks to people so the food allergens were a little bit different uh this fish had heavier metals in it which could cause damage um, to fetus and pregnant women um you know just kind of bad stuff all the way around and the same thing happens in financial planning you know i think if you have uh, somebody that's maybe looking to work with a financial planner for the first time you know and you you look at a few different websites and maybe they all sound pretty similar Um, maybe it's hard to tell a difference between them and you know maybe you even assume that hey you know these these people all know what they're doing you know they they all have these nice sounding titles and maybe they're assistant vice presidents or whatever that that means exactly but you don't really know what you're getting and the thing i would say is you know when you look at financial planning which is a fantastic profession but candidly it's a very young profession and it's debatable whether even we're a profession just yet it's not medicine uh, it's not law it, candidly, it was really born out of the 1970s from the insurance industry when people were really just doing kind of low-level planning work just to try to justify and, and sell more products. And uh, certainly, we've evolved out from maybe you know, a not too rosy beginning. But but hey, doctors used to put leeches on people and, and bleed them out too. So I mean, come on, you know we all have to grow over time, right? But Tyler, you know, has worked at several different kinds of offices which I think is you know pretty unique he can speak first person about his journey you know we all kind of come out of college with our eyes you know wide open and you know eager to learn and kind of make our mark on the world and you know life's a journey um, you certainly have some steps forward and and some steps back and I had a little bit of the experience that Tyler had too but being that he was at you know a few different places I just really thought that he could probably tell you know the story first person about the kind of the gold banded job fish of financial planning, if you will, and, and Tyler, maybe that 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 fish analogy is kind of a good a good segue into your first experience, if you will.
0: I would happen to agree. Uh, I, we wrote an article um, a couple years uh, in regards to to my journey, and I think the title of the first uh, the first part of that three part series was um, the Fishbowl Financial Planner, and uh, I think that resonates quite a bit with uh, some of the topics that you just brought up. I think back to my journey and uh, my time just out of school, um, I actually went to school to be a teacher and uh, history teacher and um, you know quickly uh, turned to finance and, and statistics and, and when I got out of the uh, got out of school, I, if you asked me I just wanted to help people and I think that depending on the type of firm that you're working for and how you're able to spend your time, um, that's gonna drastically, impact what tools you have uh, to be able to help individuals and to a 22 year old coming right out of school um, helping individuals trying to retire and take some time to gain some credibility there if you could imagine so when you start
2: in in, I guess for some context um, you know if we if we said the name of the firm I don't think there's anything I don't know we we won't say it just (laughs) (laughs) just uh, just to be on the safe side but if we said it uh, everybody would know the name it's it's one of the largest uh, financial I, I don't know if I want to call a financial planning firm. I'll call it a financial services firm. Certainly, there's financial planners within the firm, but there's several that aren't. I would say too. We'll kind of hopefully draw the distinction between those as we go through. But um, but big firm. Um, they do a fair amount of recruiting. Uh, they also have a fair amount of attrition, that people that don't make it. But Tyler, what was. Um, I imagine when you started that firm, you kind of had an apprenticeship, had a mentor, and were just doing a lot of training on how to do financial planning for the first couple of years, is that
0: right? Unfortunately, that, that, that really wasn't the case. It was, it was more of a, hey, come in, you'll figure out the financial planning piece, secondary. Let's see if we can get some families in here for you to, to help. Um, so if anybody out there listening has had an opportunity that, or a job that they worked where they had you come in and you know, get a list of your relatives and friends uh, together so that way you can start to reach out to them to try to see if they would like to become clients, uh, that, was, that was what I spent most of my time doing. Um, as I mentioned before, that fishbowl financial planner, um, most of my time was going out to different restaurants and setting up fish bowls where you would actually drop in your business card and um, I would go and collect them at different restaurants where I had had done this and uh, give them a call or call all the cards that were in there and uh, believe it or not everybody was a winner and uh, <laughs> offer them to sit down for <laughs> sit down for lunch with me um, to uh, talk a little bit about financial planning and they would get a free lunch out of it and I would get to the opportunity to get in front of uh, individuals and Very time-consuming. Very little time was spent uh, working on tax strategies or what would be the best financial planning discussions or how can I help these families once I get them. It was uh, very, very much so uh, my time spent trying to find individuals to to help. So much more of a marketing and a sales role if you had asked me as opposed to a a financial planner role. And in going back to those of you that are listening and maybe have a financial planner that you're working with now, trying to understand, I think. How that individual spends their time um, and how they're breaking out their days it will give you a lot of insight into what that individual uh, focuses on and um, you know, the type of help that they're going to be able to provide for you, in my opinion. Yeah, Boy, there, had there, a very... tr-
1: there truly is not, so no no such thing as a free lunch. My 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 world has been shattered by this fishbowl scam.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: a gold banded job
2: fish fishbowl. That's, right, that's right. <laughs> so I had a very similar experience to Tyler. Um, so I started out at a large insurance company that purportedly had you know, hey, we we really believe in this financial planning thing. And and I too, I was you know, a high school physics teacher, went back to grad school for. Um, my master's degree in finance and um, but you know, I wanted to get some experience and so I ended up at this place um, and you know going through and kind of studying to get an insurance license uh, and I'm like okay I guess you know hey maybe we start here but um, they called it the project 100 so what Tyler just called they had a nice little marketing slick for it and basically it was the same thing you just write down 100 people that you know um, they call it your kind of natural network and then it wasn't explicitly stated but it was basically heavily implied And even though I was as green as they come, I mean, I got it loud and clear that my success at this place was going to be largely, if not entirely dependent upon, you know, how many products I sold to these people. And, you know, it, it just didn't feel right. Um. Thankfully, I got another offer for another firm, you know, just a couple weeks later. So uh, I, I finished my project 100 and, and then I left. I said, thanks, but no thanks and, and found another place. But, you know, what Tyler was describing and what I just described to is very common. Um, it's still not only common when we came into the industry, you know, 15, 20 years ago almost, but it's still pretty common today in, in most of these places. Um and one of the things i always say it's like you know i don't know about you tyler but when i when, when i was had that experience. I was like, well, I don't know anything yet. How am I going to go out and what what am I going to recommend and why would I recommend it? And you know, I just asked too many questions, so I was not a good fit for their model. But how did you feel when you were going through that?
0: Oh, it, it, it's tough. I, I distinctly remember, I would say our education uh, was limited to um, a morning meeting uh, once a week where we'd have different individuals come in and discuss the products or things that we could offer to our families that we were helping. And I was sitting there one day, and uh, I, I will never forget this. An individual was pitching this product, saying how great it was. And and then he would literally pointed at me and said, well, Tyler, if you sell two of these, I'm going to take you and your family on a all-inclusive cruise uh, for doing that. And I, I just remember sitting back going, wow, um, how can – there's a com- some key competing objectives there if I tell two of these products and I'm getting a cruise is this really something that's going to be in the best interest of the families that I'm working with and you quickly start to find out or, or start to realize that um, it's much more of a sales focused position and and as opposed to a truly helping individuals try to find well in my opinion try to find um, their best way through retirement or whatever their financial solution uh, that they're looking for is
2: yeah, my grandmother had a saying um, and it maybe simplifies that that a bit. And she said, Kevin, there's only a hundred pennies in a dollar. (laughs) So, you know, some of those pennies for that guy was, were obviously going to pay for that cruise and pay for Mm -hmm. commissions. And, uh, you know, certainly the person that was going to get that product, sold to them because they probably weren't, I think, going to wake up in the morning and want to buy it, but have that sold to them, they're going to get less pennies. Um, and that's kind of just a simple, simple thing to remember. Thank you, Grandma, for teaching me that lesson. So th- that was kind of like, I guess, your first journey. I mean, it was kind of, you know, you come out of college again. You, you, we don't know what we don't know. You know, we <laughs> you don't want to be too... Maybe ask too many questions in a way because, you know, we, we just don't know much. Um, everything is theoretical at that point. But you had moved on um, to another very large firm. And again, another firm that if we said the name, everybody would know. And, and maybe your 401k, if you're still working, is uh, is kind of um, held at, at this firm. You spent, I think, uh, pretty much close to about ten years there. Is that you want to kind of transition and tell us a little bit more about kind of that next experience you had?
0: Absolutely, um, yeah. Just just under ten years at this firm. It's actually uh, the company that brought me up in, uh, to the Cleveland area. I would say, first off, very very different experience uh, from from my quote-unquote, first job right out of school. And um, the the training um, and the basics that were were set was much better. Um, We spent probably a a good three to six months before I would even talk to individuals how the industry works and um, how to service families. So I wouldn't say that this is a firm that was very much sales focused, but uh, they definitely pose some other challenges um, depending on what you're looking for in in a financial advisor. But when I first started there, it was much of the, hey, uh, service clients uh, do a lot of uh, securities trading, and then you quickly uh, move on to roles that are much more financial planning focused, um, or trying to help individuals uh, navigate the financial landscape that they have in front of them. And with the way that the model was was set up there, it wasn't as much of a, a fee focused model, but much more of a scale um, everything that I did at that particular firm was very much scalable and and had to be um, at any given point in time I had you know 500 uh, to a thousand families that I was working with trying to provide financial planning advice for and what you find when you're in a situation like that it becomes very very reactive as a opposed to proactive. I mean, there's only so many hours in a day and um, how you spend those hours is is very important. And when you're helping that many families, it becomes very, very difficult to give certain levels of financial planning advice or help families navigate those financial decisions. Um, And it became very apparent to me towards the end of my career there that that was something That I didn't want. I I wanted much more, and and felt there was a lot of value add that was being missed um, with the families that I had worked with, and that's what really prompted my my change and transition over to True Wealth.
2: When you were working at this place, and you had you know five hundred or or even more. "Quote unquote clients," which I, I think we've had this conversation before, but I would call them customers. I think mm-hmm. a client relationship is, is something much more personal. A customer, I think, mm-hmm. is maybe a little bit more accurate for, for a lot of those. Um, I think
0: when we first uh, when we first met, that was one of the things. Um, Kevin was very forward with me. I think I said customer multiple times in yes. the beginning. of the meeting. He's like, hey, I don't know if we need to say customer anymore. I think it's more of a you know family, a, a client that you work with. I think we provide much more of a value there as opposed to a, uh, it sounds almost uh, transactional based when we say that.
2: Yeah, and I no, it completely came back to me because that not only did that happen then, but it happened for the first few few months of us working together. (laughs) (laughs) And um, but I think it's really, I think that's really a a good insight, though. I mean, that's how they refer to the people that they worked with, and it's Mm -hmm. it's almost like more of a product sale in a sense, Um, granted it was, it seemed like it was a lot better than the first place. But when you have that many people and, you know, I I remember you saying that you could only spend maybe like 20 or 30 minutes on doing kind of like a financial plan and it was all done live and there was no kind of, I would say really verification of the data and and what have you. And correct me if I'm wrong.
0: No, I I think you hit the nail on the head. It was, um, you know, I was having anywhere between six to eight appointments a day. And there was not a lot of prep work that was able to be done for those appointments. Um, so it was very much thinking on your feet and, you know, handling issues as they come in, which, you know, for, for some individuals that are much more self, self-oriented self or self-starters, you know, that might have been okay. Um, but there were things that can be missed when you don't do a, uh, some of that prep work. I look, you know, look at some of the prep work that I have to do for my my meetings now and it's, you know, I think back to going into a meeting with, with with nothing, um, I I get a little anxious thinking about it. <laughs> so.
2: <laughs> right, so you know where if you go to a, a store and you buy a product off the shelf, you know the, those product companies call the people that buy their products customers. Um, we attorneys, client or accountants, you know, call their the people that they serve their clients. And then you know you get a large scaled financial services firm uh, that is is doing some I would call it kind of lower level financial planning, but you know it's just a it's just a scale thing, and there's a real constraint on how much time you can put with somebody and, and the level of work that you can do and certainly the relationship that you have, which you know I think the customer you know language that they use is probably pretty apt. I mean I think it's pretty honest. Uh, so I uh, candidly I I applaud them for that. And then I, I, I kind of talk about this part, but when I met with Tyler, one of the things that you know Tyler's a pretty humble guy, but you know he's a we'll talk about this more in the next episode too like some different questions that you should ask. If you're interviewing an advisor, but um, you know Tyler was already a CFP. About 30% of the industry, the licensed advisors are, are CFPs. Um, it doesn't mean you're a good advisor, but at least I like to say it means you're minimally competent. So Tyler was a CFP. I knew you know kind of the, the kind of work that he had done, you know, just from you know my experience in the industry coming out. But one of the things that really impressed me about Tyler was I, I would say, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, Tyler, but you were one of those people that was really seeking information outside of like the training that they were giving you, you know, you were kind of going above and beyond and you knew there was more that you could do. And you're, you're really kind of being a self-guided learner to get some of that knowledge and get some of that experience. And I, I gave you a case study when we were getting to know one another through the interview process and um, you had actually done pretty good, better than I, I, I expected given where you're coming from. And uh, I, again, I was really impressed with that. But um, when you have something like that, when you have somebody that's going out and seeking knowledge, particularly if they're not getting it spoon fed to them from their employer, to me, that just really shows that kind of passion and that commitment that they have for their profession and for helping people and for excellence. But I you know I was very impressed that you had kind of went above and beyond, you know, in your own time to continue to improve and better yourself. And even beyond the CFP, you know, you're no pressure, but I'm, I'm going to announce the world here that you're going to be uh, a chartered financial analyst or CFA for short here uh, come mid this year. And uh, that's kind of the CFP equivalent for investment analysis. And last I looked, this has been a few years, but you know, we're 30% of the licensed financial people are CFPs. Um, there were only, I think, less than 2000 kind of dual CFP, CFAs in the entire country as of a couple of years ago I'm sure there's more now but maybe it's mm-hmm. 5000 or so you know and it, it's it's really rarefied air and candidly um the CFA exam it just has a much it's just much more difficult it's longer there's multiple parts there's a much higher failure rate um all these things so Tyler again while he's humble I'm kind of doing a little bit of bragging here on his behalf but You know, I don't want to put the words in your mouth, Tyler, but to me, it really seemed like you were kind of seeking more than what the employer was giving you. Is that kind of a fair statement?
0: Yes, um, I would agree, and, and, and thank you for that, and thanks for putting me on the spot a little bit here. Um, you know, for the families that I work with that are out there listening, uh, yes, that test <laughs> is going to be coming up this year, the third one. So, um, yeah, hey, um, you uh, asked me about you're it. You're having and, a test <laughs> all in the same month. No, no pressure. <laughs> right, uh, but yes, yeah, so if you ask me about it, and uh, you know, I smiled, and the health of it, that'll be that would be a good sign, and that means we you know finally got it behind me, but. Um, Yes. I I think it's important. I think it's important to continue to grow. And I think that's one of the things that attracted me to true wealth and really something that I was looking for was having the ability to have You know, maybe some more complex, you know, not necessarily complex conversations, but understanding of, you know, where I can help families accomplish their goals. You think about our industry, there's a lot of, in my opinion, there's a lot of places where you can slip up. Um, You know, for me, it was investments was always a passion, but uh, taxes was something that, you know, I hadn't even looked at a tax return very sporadically, maybe count on the, you know, one hand, how many times I had looked at an individual's tax return at those prior firms, and yeah, I knew that was an area that I needed to get better at, and uh, something that we've been focusing on over the you know last few years here. And I feel pretty confident and uh, competent in that area now. And it's um, you know it's important, and you know, these decisions are all integrated, and they all play off one another. And um, I think it's important to understand that. And I, I just wanted to be able to provide that for the families that I would worked with. I'm curious, what was,
2: what's the biggest, I guess, a pro- looking back on the last three years that we've been working together, what's the thing you've been most surprised about as it comes to kind of working with people and, you know, just kind of what you've learned, I guess?
0: Mm-hmm. I think the conversations have changed. Um, and I think this is something is uh, sounds like you're going to touch on in the, the next podcast, but as, as you're out there looking for a, a financial planner to work with, I think it's important to try to figure out and say, hey, you know, what? What do you need um, and what do you want from from this professional and this individual? Is it transaction based? Is it a solution that is, you know, hey, I want investment advice and that's clear and cut. And, and those were the types of conversations that I had had through, through most of my career. I think there's been a a shift um, in in the way my meetings are run and the conversations that I'm having with the individuals that I work with now where it's much more almost life planning um, focused to where, hey, are we doing the things that we need to to get you where you want to be? And how are we doing that? And are we doing it in an effective and efficient manner? So those conversations are very different as opposed to, hey, do you think we should do a Roth conversion this year? Or how should we allocate your investment? You know, I always bring up in most of my meetings is, you know, when we're talking about investments, I, it always gets me when someone sits down with a financial advisor and they say, well, are you conservative or are you aggressive? It's like, well, what does that mean? Um, I've I've been sitting in front of families where you know they say they're conservative, but they'd be fine if their account dropped by twenty five percent. And some of you out there would be like, wow, that's that's not me. And I would consider myself to be conservative. So um, I think every individual is different, every situation is different, and having those types of conversations has been uh, the biggest change for me over the last few years. And I I welcome it, and I'm that's what I wanted to do.
2: Yeah, th- that's great. I One of our first. Podcast episodes, Walter was called, um, kind of details and relationship. And, you know, the technical details that go into financial planning are are critical. You know, you have to be competent to do good work for somebody. Um, If you're not, you know, that could really harm the client. But, you know, a couple things that go along with that from a relationship one, you have to be trustworthy. Um, You know, if you're competent and not trustworthy, that could. Uh, also, result in bad things, um, you know, kind of uh, maybe a Bernie Madoff kind of scenario. But some of the life planning, some of the softer side, the relationship aspect—I mean, that takes time. You know, that's that's something that you know, when you have 20 or 30 minutes to spend with somebody, and and that's it, and you're not doing any prep work, um, I would say it's probably pretty difficult to really you know meet them on that relationship aspect. And uh, Tyler, same for me. I mean, you know, what I think what. Attracts a lot of people to this business is kind of more the technical part. At least that's what attracted me to it Um, But what has kept me here and I'm I'm happy I kind of stumbled into this profession is is really that relationship part and just being able to see like these big positive difference that you can help somebody and kind of shifting their life into doing something that they probably wouldn't have done before or you know, just giving them a, a positive nudge to go ahead and do certain things that maybe they were a little bit more reticent to do, or just didn't have the clarity or confidence to do it. I mean that for me, you know, it gives me that good warm fuzzy where, you know, all the technical work went into it to give the advice, but then to really, you know, have some leadership and kind of take them through there uh, through that path, you know, that they've, you know kind of shared you know that we've talked about that we actively listened and and they they kind of shared what's important to them and what what they'd like to do and then we can show how that's possible and better align their money to do it I mean that yeah. is you know when those meetings are kind of wrapped up I mean I don't know about you but I just walk out with like you know kind of a happy-go-lucky chest is you know kind of stuck mm-hmm. out and you just feel fantastic
0: I agree a hundred percent you're really helping individuals make decisions that are going to either in, you know, improve their situation or get them to where they want to be or um, just get them in a better spot, um, which is just uh, great.
2: So I think we can, we can start wrapping it up here. Um, Walter, you always, uh, one, you, you've been quiet, which is, you know, it's <laughs> not the norm for, for Mr. Walter Storholt. <laughs> so, you know, impart some wisdom. Um, you haven't hit the, uh, the egghead alert, Button this episode, but like give us some Walter esque,
1: please. I've enjoyed uh, just hearing you guys kind of wrap back and forth a little bit. I think it's a neat perspective to just hear about kind of your journey, Tyler, and then your side of the equation, Kevin, is you know, bringing Tyler on board a couple of years ago as part of the team and what you were looking for in adding to your staff. And I think it's an interesting story for anybody who works with True Wealth Design um, as a client, not a customer. Um, you know, to get that insight. I think that's pretty cool. Or anybody may be evaluating a, a relationship with you guys or with any financial company to kind of understand some of those inner workings that go on behind the scenes and the vast differences that can exist between one company and one structure and another. I don't know if I've shared this before um, on the show, Kevin. I don't, even, I don't think you even know this. Maybe, maybe we shared it at one point in time. But several years ago, uh, when I first started working in the financial realm, but more in a broadcast perspective, I wanted to just learn a little bit more about what it was like to go through the training to become you know, a financial advisor or get into the business. So I actually went out and got my insurance license, um, studied really hard for like a day or two, and then took a test and then was 100% sure I failed the test and then walked out of the room and they said, you passed. And I immediately had this ability, not that anyone would have actually listened to me at that point, but I had the ability to handle and help people make decisions with their life savings. And it was a really weird feeling for me um, at just how oddly simple and easy that was. To now you know call myself a financial professional of sorts and just have that ability to access people's money and help them make decisions and move you know tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars around if I had wanted to or been able to uh, you know meet clients who wanted to do that. I just wanted to get the license just to go through the the training and get that background experience, but to me, it was just very eye opening to be on that side of the fence and kind of scary too that it was just that easy to get access to People And, you know, potentially their trust and how easy then that is to abuse. And so I can tell and understand why you, Kevin, protect that and emphasize things like this, like conversations with Tyler, why that's so important to you to understand somebody's background, how they have evolved in their mentality to financial planning and working with uh, clients and why you're drawing such a distinction between a customer and a client, because you can't treat somebody like a client and treat them poorly you know if if you value that relationship enough to call them a client over a customer um you, you just you can't really go wrong when you start to mentally i think absorb and and to get to that point as a business and as somebody who's helping people with their with their money and their finances and retirement because it's deep stuff it's important stuff it's it's important work, and uh, I just like the level of seriousness that you guys you know always seem to you know present forward. At True Wealth Design, so it's just quite a difference between different companies out there and the way that they do things, as in indi- in any industry, but in the finance side, it's uh, it's pretty striking.
2: Yeah, the, and what you just described, Walter, is why I say that it's it's arguable if we're truly a profession. I mean, you know, we certainly you know act as if we are professionals. We behave as if we're professionals. Um, you know, we <laughs> we we do a lot of things uh, because we we take it uh, as a profession, but you know, the, when you when you just have to get a 70 percent or better on a multiple choice licensing test that maybe <laughs> at most takes a couple of weeks to study for and you have to have a high school diploma. And, and oh, by the way, the high school diploma is actually optional. Uh, it's hard to justify that as, as, as being a profession. And, and that's why, you know, it's not like you're you're going to uh, get your four year degree and then you're going to medical school and then maybe you go for. Uh, uh, residency and a fellowship and uh, and then you become board certified, you know, we're, we're kind of growing up and, and more becoming that. And if you if you do get your CFP, at least that's kind of a minimum competency standard. I mean, you have to have a four-year degree and so on and so forth. But I mean, there's a... I, but I, but
1: that's a difference right there, Kevin. I mean, you view that as a minimum standard, whereas a minimum, yes. in a lot of circles, I've heard that described as the the you know, the upper echelon, the, the thing to strive for the, you know, absolute thing you must attain. It's the ceiling, not the floor. And so that's just another difference, another illustration.
2: Yeah. It's tough. I mean, the, podcast like this, I think is is a great medium to go ahead and explain some of the differences. And if people, you know, regular listeners, I've been told lots of times that, you know, they can just really, they can see and hear the different, maybe they can't see it, but they can picture it because they're listening to me about, you know, the level of work that you do. And, And again, the technical work is really important, but, you know, you can't lose sight of that softer side of it. And, you know, it's it's tough for people to see some of those differences and fully appreciate them i mean tyler is tyler is exceptional um in, in the work that he does in and how hard he's worked and in his intellectual ability and um and tyler i hope you don't mind if i share the story but you know mm-hmm. it's my podcast so i'm going to do it <laughs> <laughs> Fair but we were i don't know it's probably three or six months after eight tyler started working with us and um I asked them, and this is a question I've grown to ask people over the years. I was like, you know, what did you think your financial planning knowledge was, you know, kind of coming in and where do you feel like it's at now? And Tyler, I'll let you share the answers because I don't want to steal your thunder there. But what, do you recall what you shared?
0: A lot of growth. Um, it, it's uh, it's night and day. Uh, and, and I would say, think of it as um, I was very comfortable in the conversations that I had had prior. Um, and I might not have fully grasp or understand the the rest of the opportunities that were out there um in topics uh that that i didn't discuss as much or didn't have the time to discuss as much in in prior uh prior roles if that makes sense
2: yeah and, and i'll be concrete here so the, Tyler tyler's like, <laughs> like tyler's like i Try thought, I was, a, I, like, thought I was i thought i was a nine yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i was like i was on top of the world i was doing the cfa thing you know i'm teaching yeah. myself all this stuff and then uh, Tyler said something. He's probably like a, you know, he he realized he's probably a five. But then he was after six months, he was up to like a seven or so. And 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 again, it's I think still, you got to put this in context. Move up. Right? I mean, there well, is
0: a lot of uh, yes. um, there's just so much in our industry and so many areas to potentially focus in, and uh, always room for growth and always room for opportunity. And um, I don't know if I'll ever be up there at a you know a nine or a ten, but you know, continuing to strive for that and uh, is is important in my opinion. Yeah.
2: Oh, it completely. It's it's all you know. The more you learn, the more you learn that you don't know. In, in my view, and um, experience <laughs> experience yeah. certainly helps. You know, I think with time and experience and knowledge, you get you become you know. Wise But I think the important thing to to take away from the story that we just shared is, I mean, this is this is, you know, Tyler, who'd spent more than a decade in the industry, who had, you know, kind of a dual four year college degree, had a CFP, you know, was was on his path to get CFA and, and truly in rarefied air in the industry. And He didn't know what he didn't know quite candidly kind of coming in and and he's still learning and so for You have kind of Joe and Jane consumer that's concerned about you know retirement and is is looking to interview financial advisors and For them to tell the difference. I mean when when I mean Tyler was able to kind of you know I, I think he picked a good place and I think he's been happy with his growth and path we're certainly happy that he's here, but You know, the fact that he didn't know what he really didn't know, um, I think just kind of conveys how difficult it is to really find somebody and hire somebody when there's such an information advantage towards the professional and and, and against the consumer or hopefully, you know, the client. It's tough. Um, And and that's why, you know, we're talking about this today, kind of pulling back the curtains inside baseball a little bit. And uh, that's why next time we're going to go over some questions to ask your potential financial advisor or your current one. Uh, I, I and, and I think that's not a bad thing either.
1: Well, really enjoyed the back and forth between you two. And uh, Tyler, thank you so much for sharing some of your story and uh, letting uh, letting Kevin have some free reign to uh, peel back the uh, layers of the onion a little bit so we could get to know more about you. My, my last question for you, I was reading your bio on the uh, TrueWealthDesign.com website, and it says your wardrobe constants are a tie and a set of gym clothes. Is that at the same, <laughs> same time or? <laughs> well, <laughs> Tyler, what that
2: happened that to the Ty, baby,
0: um, So I'd say now it's Ty And uh, we're working on the gym clothes And getting it back in so. you got uh, a new gym bag, huh? That's right
1: Very good Well uh, congratulations on um, The new little one And uh, everything mm-hmm. else that uh, has been going on In your life lately And uh, thanks again for sharing a slice of it with us here on the show And uh, I hope we get to hear from you again soon
0: Oh absolutely,
2: happy to be on uh, Kevin yes, thank you as
1: always my friend
2: Thank you Walter, we really appreciate it
1: If uh, anybody listening to today's show wants to learn a little bit more about Kevin and about Tyler, we'll put a link to Tyler's bio in the uh, description of today's show so you can check that out there. Uh, And if you want to find out more about working with the team, please go to TrueWealthDesign.com. So many great resources available to you on the website. You can also click the Are We Right For You button to schedule a 15-minute call with an experienced financial advisor on the True Wealth team. You can also call 855-TWD-PLAN if you prefer the old-fashioned way. 855-TWD-PLAN is the number to dial. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time right back here on Retire Smarter.